Shakes Pals, happy Throwdown Thursday. Thank you again for being here. Uh, we recently hit 10,000 listens, uh, and I'm just so excited about this show. I'm so excited for you all listening. I'm so just happy to be here. So thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of this. And uh, thank you for, for coming back week after week. Last week, we had Mia Gosling on to chat which of Shakespeare's characters would be the best comic artist, and Mia did win. Big, massive surprise here with Rosalind over Coriolanus. It was such a fun chat, and her new Christmas Carol, Shakespeare Christmas Carol book is out, so we've retweeted that on Twitter. Um, make sure you check that out and support Mia because she's an incredible artist and just a great person. This week, speaking of great people, we've got Al Lapienko on. Al is at no Fear Shakes Queer on TikTok and one of my favorite TikTok creators. They're so fun and interesting and funny. And this conversation was surprisingly deep and thoughtful for reality television slash Shakespeare conversation. And I'm just so grateful for the folks that I get to talk to on this show because they're so cool and 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 getting to have these conversations and bring this kind of legitimacy to to different genres makes me so happy. Anyway, uh, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, fa- uh, not Facebook, no Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. We're on YouTube now. Hope you enjoy the show. <laughs> Welcome to Protest Too Much, a Shakespeare showdown podcast where a guest and I go head to head each week and you get to decide who wins. Okay, so today we are taking a Shakespeare play and putting it on the television. And with me, I have an absolute titan of content creation, Al Lapienko. Al, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I am so unbelievably excited. I love this podcast. It is such an honor to be here, really. I it's so it's always so exciting when like I get to meet other creators who I'm just like, I love your I love stuff. It. And then it's just as fun. It's it's great. Thank so, you. <laughs> so talk about um I found you on TikTok. Like I followed you on TikTok and that's kind of where I was introduced to your work. So talk a little bit about where people can find you, what brought you to content creation and kind of the the niche of that that you're uh working in yeah absolutely well my my really only place that I do any content creation is on TikTok you can find me at no fear Shakespeare um and I started that during 2020 when there was just an artistic kind of blackout um I think a lot of us started content creation at that time as an attempt to kind of like fill the void that we were missing um, and at least for me, I came from doing multiple shows, doing um, Shakespeare education, you know, having a very full um, roster to having nothing. And it allowed me a lot of time of self-reflection of being like, wow, you know, some of the ways that I've been taught to teach Shakespeare is really wildly inaccessible. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it started off as just doing some fun things. And then slowly but surely, these people started following and saying, you know, I hated learning about this in school. This made me laugh. It made me understand it. Now I want to read the play again. Now I want to see the play again. And I thought, well, if I can make at least one person feel less, you know, lost in the storm of classism that usually surrounds Shakespeare, then I'm going to keep doing it as silly as it seems. Yeah. And it, it it sounds silly when you say it, right? But it's so, there's so much work that's been done over the past couple of years to break down that barrier. And I think yeah. to point out how classist Shakespeare education has been and just 
Shakespeare content in general. And there are so many people that are still like holding on to that elitist version of Shakespeare in their their crinkly old hands. And, yes. <laughs> and we're coming in just like grip on it. <laughs> yeah. Smashing that down, making people mad. And I love being able to, especially someone coming from education, seeing Shakespeare in a totally different way and and knowing that reality TV is the Shakespeare's version of entertainment, right? Like that's absolutely. <laughs> they go hand in hand. They so both deal with people at their most primal and also most ridiculous. I think that like William Shakespeare would have loved reality trash TV. He would have loved it. I I agree. <laughs> um, so I believe so. I truly do. <laughs> so Al, what do you watch for reality TV? So what is your when we're looking at this? What kind of vein of shows are we looking at? I am a reality TV connoisseur, yeah. if I do say so myself. Um, I did not watch the Kardashians. I wasn't on the Kardashian train. However, I have watched Floribama Shore. So I feel like culturally, I am leagues and bounds. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Most reality TV watchers. Um, I've, I've done the Survivor train. I've done like MTV's Are You the One? I've done, you know... I was big on the mid 2000s mm-hmm. reality TV. Like I like to go back and watch the throwbacks as well. Um, so I'm I'm coming from from that kind of background. I think that like I'm a person who can and has written academic esque essays on reality television and what it says about like gender and culture and society. <laughs> so and I do the same thing with Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. So I'm thrilled about this. I'm so excited to talk about reality TV and Shakespeare together. That's I I am also so excited. So we're looking at this from oh, a play, right? Like which play would make the best? Yeah, like which cast of characters from which play I think Perfect. or which play I think I think there's some breathing room in in both. Yeah. Um because just like reality TV, you know, you have the premise but every cast is going to be different and it's what the producers make of it. Right. And like I did, I started, I hadn't watched any Survivor until last year when a friend and I were doing a stream about it. So we would watch a season a month and he's seen all of it and I was just starting out. And the evolution of the show, the producers didn't even know what the show wanted to be when the show started Mm -hmm. and how it just evolved and how different it is now from... where it came from and so I think that so much of it is about what the cast brings to the table absolutely like I think like you know you look at something like okay you look at a play like Love's Labor's Lost Mm -hmm. and it has a reality tv setup of like here's four men that (laughs) will not talk to women surprise into the villa walks for women you know but like what happens after that is just entirely up to the character's impulses Um, you have a character like Tymon who wouldn't seem like a good reality TV star, but then if you put him in the premise of like the 2008 masterpiece Paris Hilton's My New BFF, (laughs) there's some magic to be made there. I'm telling you, (laughs) there's some good stuff to be done. (laughs) I'm I'm very passionate about this if you cannot tell. (laughs) I I can tell and it is giving me so much joy. This is, this is the greatest. Um, so we'll get deeper into that, but let's, yes. let's drop our, let's drop our arguments. Al, who do you think is, or what play do you think is going to make the best reality TV cast? I've done a lot of thought. I've, I've had a lot of thought into this. And I do think that the absolute best reality TV show would be A Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay. Okay. All right. And who... It's, it's, it was tough. Yeah. But... Uh, who do I think, or which play do I think? 
I would love to hear your thoughts on The Winter's Tale because I think it could actually be really good. I don't think it would be bad. Yeah. I, ooh, I have a lot. Of, okay. I have a lot of thoughts on this. I have a lot of oh, thoughts please, on The Winter's I'm so Tale. Excited. <laughs> so, okay. Um, why don't you take it away for Midsummer first? Well, I think Midsummer fundamentally asked the question that a lot of reality TV shows have the bravery to ask their audiences which is if you took a bunch of really hot people and you just put them in the woods, mm. what would happen? Well, what would they get into over there? I think that that's a very brave question. And Midsummer faces it head on. You have the, the warring couples. You have, it's not technically a reality TV trope, but it's one of my favorite things that happens in reality TV where you have two couples, boy, girl, boy, girl, and the two girls have infinitely more chemistry than they have with either of their, like, male counterparts. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love when that happens in reality TV. Mm -hmm. That happens in Midsummer. You have the fairies. You have Puck, who would absolutely be the character that's like, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to cause chaos. Become the showrunner, the headliner. Um, You have the, you know, the rude mechanicals who you see them when they first walk into the show and you think, oh, they're so earnest this place is going to eat them alive. <laughs> and then it does. <laughs> you know, I think you have all of the the playing characters there and the dynamics are so rich and fun. Um, usually reality TV shows involve a lot of alcohol. In this, you have a magic flower. Mm-hmm. You know, that's pretty much the same thing. Um, and you could also play it as like, what if the fairies themselves were the producers? And um they just managed to keep making really bad decisions that somehow involved a lot of people watching and their ratings soaring. So I think that there's a lot to be done with that. Yeah, there's a there is there's a lot there. But have you considered yeah. that in reality, um, <laughs> in reality TV? All right, in the Winter's Tale, we start yes. off with a Big Brother setup. Right, these folks have mm-hmm. been in the same house for several months. There's suspicion and betrayal and and voting yes, intrigue yeah uh we're we're voting uh what's his nuts um polixenes yeah <laughs> we're voting polixenes out of the house <laughs> yeah um then we go into like both a judge judy slash maury situation mm-hmm. we've got a trial and we've got a who's the father the scenario plot. Mm-hmm. We've got Survivor where Antigonus mm-hmm. is trying to like battle a bear and a storm at the same time. Does not do well. Uh, we've got a sheep shearing festival. I feel like I there would be the a sheep shearing festival. A whole show on that. Oh, that like, would be uh, such a good season. Right? Atolicus <laughs> coming in and out and like doing his shenanigans. Um, mm-hmm. We also have like an undercover boss vibe yeah. happening with Polixenes and uh, Camillo. And so like the Winter Sale, one of the things that is crazy about this play is that it feels like two separate plays. And yeah, yeah. I think a lot of reality TV, there's so much duality and the way that the contestants or people or humans, whatever, whatever we want to call them, the people on the show mm-hmm. are presenting themselves to each other and then presenting themselves to camera. There's this whole yeah. kind of like, and then the story that the producers are telling, that's kind of a mix of both of those things. I am really curious to see how the cast of Midsummer and the cast of The Winter's Tale would be in the confessional booths, right? Yeah. Because that's where the real magic happens. Mm. And like, I think that like I would, I would pay so much money to see Paulina in a confessional booth. I would pay any amount of money, right? 
However, I do think that Leontes would get into that confessional booth. He would just start talking and talking. And yes, he'd be giving the producers a lot of material, but nothing that he says would be of any substance. And they'd be like, I can't use any of this. <laughs> yeah, they would too misogynistic <laughs> for us to air. <laughs> right. They would have to do that thing where they show like the first like three or four words and then they do like a little fade and then it's like 20 minutes later and then he's still going and they do a little fade out right. and it's the end of what... Which is an excellent bit. Uh-huh. It is an excellent bit. But it's I not just sustainable. Think, like, yeah, how many times can you play that bit? Whereas mm-hmm. like... Every time Puck would sit in the confessional, you'd be like, well, we're about to do a complete 180 and I'm terrified, but I'm leaning in. You right. know, I'm leaning in. I need to see what Puck has screwed up this time. Yeah. Um, oh, like the day after uh, with Titania and, and Bottom, like the cut from Bottom being like, that was the most magical night of my life. And then switching to Titania being like, what the hell <laughs> was I thinking? What was I thinking? We should cut this. I think Midsummer has a lot of opportunities to employ night cameras, which I don't know about you, but whenever I'm watching a reality show and they switch to like night cams where it shows like the beds, I'm like, oh, Something's what's going to happen? happen? <laughs> like it's something huge is going to happen. It's like the most visual suspense that I think you can garner from any media it is art yeah the use of the night camera yeah and midsummer calls for a lot of night camera yeah it does and that is something that that's something that winter's tale is missing but i think it does miss a little bit of night camera it does have a bear though it does have it honestly it has a bear and it it's has got a bear <laughs> it's got growth and i think that that's the mm-hmm. thing that uh makes the winter's tale such a good show is that the characters grow we have Leontes yeah. who goes through like a real journey. We have Paula. We have Hermione who disappears for 16 seasons and then comes yeah. back. <laughs> How exciting. I mean, every returner episode of a reality TV show, when you have that fan favorite from seasons one, two, three, yeah. four, and then they come back like 10 years later. It's beautiful. Yes. It's a beautiful thing. Nobody expects it. Everyone is just, it's that like little boost that they need to keep the ratings going after it's like maybe plateaued for a little bit. Well, especially if Hermione also went quiet on all of her social media, you know, like reality stars will post and they're like, I'm coming back to the villa. And she would just not say anything. It would be like complete surprise. Can you imagine Twitter the day after that reveal? That would be nuts. So that's one of the things that I wanted to talk about is social media reaction to the things that happen in these plays, the things that would happen in these shows. Because Mm -hmm. I feel like there would be so much frustration for everyone in Midsummer, And at least in Winter's Tale, there are a couple characters that the internet could get behind. We've got Paulina. People would be fighting for Hermione. Um, They would be rooting for her. They'd be rooting for Perdita. Yeah. You know, hopefully, yeah. hopefully. I don't I think know. Sometimes so. the internet's not great to like ingenues on reality shows. True. But I yeah. would hope. Yeah. But like the thing about reality TV is like my favorite thing in reality TV is when you have the characters that fulfill these tropes. Like you have the one that's like, I'm not here to make friends. <laughs> you have the one that's like, I really like, I'm here for love. I'm not here for money. You have all of those tropes. But the moments where those masks slip. Mm are the most compelling. And it usually takes a little while, Mm -hmm. right? Like if you have like moments like that episode one, I'm not interested. That's not real growth. Right. That's not, that's nothing. Later, if you're, if you're talking like episode six, seven, you start to see those facades kind of fade. And I think that like Midsummer does that incredibly well because it puts people in these high pressure situations. They have these blow ups Mm -hmm. and it isn't until all of those like primal emotions are out, which 
amazing blow up. So we would love to watch those on television. Can yes. you imagine the the memes and the gifts of like people screaming and covered in mud <laughs> that would be under every single thread for weeks? But then there's that reflection. Then there's like, wow, Helena really grew. Or, you know, Demetrius, like, finally realizing, like, everyone would be talking about, Demetrius doesn't know what's good for him. He doesn't know what's good for him. And when he finally realized, oh, my gosh, I would read the fan fiction. I would. <laughs> I would be all over it. Yeah. I I think that in terms of the the reality shows that we remember the the ones that mm -hmm. stand out the episodes that stand out those iconic moments in reality tv that's what midsummer gives it gives that like that fight the, between like the, the wine four of them. thrown in the in the face like those moments exactly exactly yeah. like the rupaul sugar daddy monologue <laughs> would 100 percent be 100 percent be in midsummer yes <laughs> you know yes and and that lasts forever or however long we've got yeah. <laughs> like but I do think you're right about about Winter's Tale having those like it takes you on a, an emotional journey mm -hmm. I think that other reality shows wouldn't and that makes it special in its own way too yeah there's there's definitely a level of growth and when you have that villain to hero like so mm, it's so, so strong for Leontes the only thing about winter's tale that would bum me out is like every single time i see part of the reason i never watched the kardashians mm. is because they had like young kids on it and every time i see a kid on a reality show i'm like oh that's a bummer yeah. <laughs> like that really that harsh my buzz i don't want to watch that anymore don't and worry al he only lasts a couple episodes <laughs> i know he's only there for a little bit which makes it worse <laughs> it would bum me out so like he doesn't get his kylie arc he never gets his kylie arc how heartbreaking is that? It's uh, Mamilius is one of like the saddest things in Shakespeare to me. <laughs> oh, I, I agree. I love The Winter's Tale as a play. And I I was so excited to present you with that option for yeah. reality TV. Yeah, I really. Um, uh, the other thing is uh, that you just reminded me of is time. This idea yeah. of... Uh, a th like objective narrator or some like omniscient thing that happens and I wonder how that would like if the kind of peek behind the curtain look at I, Survivor tried it last mm -hmm. season they were like here's one view of the cameraman and then yeah <laughs> didn't do it ever again uh but yeah. that kind of peek behind the curtain on the production of it I wonder how that would like if that would be successful I feel like with the character of time in Winter's Tale, it would be a cross between like almost like the Wizard of Oz where they reveal him with the pulleys, mm. but also the the narrator from Love Island, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. where he's like this week in the villa and he's like throwing these ridiculous puns out there that no one else really laughs at except for him. <laughs> but you can't stop listening to him because you know he has all the vital information, right? Like, he yeah. has... You can't tune him out. Yeah, <laughs> as no. As cruel and unrelenting as he is. <laughs> I guess as, like, more of a host view on that of time, someone who's really, mm -hmm. like, pulling the strings, what, yeah. is, uh, what is a reality TV show without its host? And that's something that, like, you know, The Bachelor Nothing. is exploring right now. When you have something that is a... a absolute fixture of a genre and then you change that how mm -hmm. how does your audience change with it how do they grow how do they how do they react and so I think that would it be... feels very Lord of the Flies it kind of does doesn't it? They remove the host. <laughs> it really does 
Oh it man, does. I I would be terrified to leave either one of these casts alone without a host. Frankly, yes, yeah, honestly, and I think I I wonder. You said you mentioned kids. I wonder how mm-hmm. the difference would be watching these two shows because Midsummer is much more kind of young adult centric. Very much, yeah, and it's less like look at these very rich adults and their very uh petty problems mm-hmm. i don't i don't know if there's a better formula like one versus the other but they are very uh repeated formulas in the reality tv genre so they very much so yeah they're a tried and true yeah you know yeah they they're successful for a reason i do think that like the inclusion of because at least for me, and in my brain, Midsummer, yes, the romance would become a huge plot, you know, mm-hmm. because you'd have those couples that just keep bringing the drama and the producers yeah. were like, well, that's a moneymaker, right? Right. But I think so much of it is just focused on like, you're here to find yourself. And I think in that view, mm-hmm. it would be a really compelling a compelling show. It would be a very compelling show. I want to see yeah. like bottom pushed has absolute artistic limits <laughs> for the course of a reality television format. I would love to see that. I would love to see him do like the ridiculous challenges. I would love to see him try to like mud wrestle, mm-hmm. you know, because that would obviously be in the midsummer reality show. Right. Yeah, that's how you know? I feel. That's how I feel about Atollicus in The Winter's Tale. I feel such like a good character. He's such an underrated in the canon. I mean, yeah. if we're being perfectly honest, what a I agree. gem. But he shows up over halfway into it. And so does it mm-hmm. feel like a, a half-ditch effort for a ratings boost to bring a character like this in? Or is he so genuinely good that like viewers are going to be like, this is what the show has needed for yeah. a couple seasons? And he comes in strong, too. He mm-hmm. comes in with a robbery right away. Mm-hmm. That's a good character. Yeah. Like you, you'd have to wonder, like, why, why were they keeping this guy on the back exactly. burner? He should have been in the the beginning cast. Yeah. You know, that it feels like they started trying to do like a political kind of intrigue, and then they moved into other things, and then they were like, you know what, we need, <laughs> we need a person that will say the word dildos is what we need. <laughs> it did a complete one eighty. <laughs> Where is the plot? I want it. Everyone was like a little put off by the fact that we actually that Antigonus actually died. Uh, we need to yeah. lighten this up. <laughs> they needed to take like a, a good step back. Like the producers had to put out a note, and then at the end of every episode, it fades and it's like for Antigonus, you know, memory we miss of. you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like oh man, what a bummer. I just wanted to see people get drunk. <laughs> right? Oh, the show is making me feel things. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> I love when reality TV makes you feel, though. I do love it. I love when you end up getting invested in what seem like really petty problems. But at the end of the day, like reality TV is a way for us to experience our insecurities in relationships and ourselves in a very safe, like far away structure. And so does Shakespeare, you know? Um, So I think like both of them would, would really do a fantastic job at making us examine ourselves and our own mortality yeah uh, and our own reaction and maturity what a stunning way to put all of that and I know like I know it seems silly because it is reality tv and it is Shakespeare and one of them seems very highbrow and the other one seems very lowbrow but 
They're not different. They're, They're no different. Equal. Yeah. They're incredibly equal. Yeah. I, I I think they both really reflect um their time and humanity at their time. And I think they're very interchangeable. Yeah. I I agree. I this was really amazing. Y'all, um, what do you I think? I wish we could talk about this for hours because <laughs> I think we could. <laughs> yeah, well that's the problem with some of these episodes, is that I'm like, we could we could go. We could keep going on oh, this. I know. <laughs> Like, I, I said the Titus Paris Hilton thing, and now that's all I want to talk about for the rest of my life. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Also, Timon is also a really underrated play for, like, thinking about. I don't know if it's a great mm-hmm. production. Um, no. There is the one act where he goes into the woods, and then all of his friends come, and he just, like, cusses them out one by one. That's yeah. great. Yeah. That's entertainment. Yeah. But, like... <laughs> you know? It's kind of like a shark tank, like everyone coming to, to time in for money. And then like all of a sudden he's <laughs> the tables are turned. But yeah, exactly. It's just a really interesting play to think about in a modern mm-hmm. mentality. But y'all, what do you think? Is it uh, which reality TV show do you want to watch? Do you want to watch Midsummer or do you want to watch The Winter's Tale? Al, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. This was such a blast. Yes. Uh, let everyone know again where they can find and follow you. Yes, you can find me on TikTok at No Fear Shakespeare, and you can find me on Instagram at Femme Benedict. Beautiful, like incredible. From what you do. <laughs> I love it. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you all for being here, and we'll see y'all next week. <laughs>